look around and say, hmm, who's here? wonder what's there. Well, you got to sit in the back to know who's in front of you, but if you're in front of you, all you got's me, and what else do you need, right? Is that <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Jesus take the wheel. I want to just very quickly remind you of things that are, you know, coming up, some of the things that are taking place. So our slide number one says uh, this. Boom. Boom. <laughs> uh, just a reminder of the prayer on Tuesday. You know, there's a couple things that are taking place and, and happening throughout the month and some of the things that are taking place. One of the things we want to remind you of is three days of fasting next month from the 5th to the 7th as we prepare for services with Andre. And we want to encourage you, when you enter into those fasts, remember, even though it's a corporate fast, it's also an individual fast. We ask you to go to God about as far as how we would have you fast. Sometimes it's not just a, a fast of food. Sometimes it can be a fast. Uh, you know, God's called me to fast coffee before. Didn't like him during that time at all. You know, but there's things that he calls you to give up or things that he asks you to abstain from. But, but you know, the bottom line is it's between you and God. And it's an empowering and, and strengthening time that these things take place. You know, you're putting power behind your prayer when you're walking in fasting. And, and, and it's, it's just huge. But we, we want to remind you about that. So please note those things as we continue on. Uh, just, you know, go ahead. Uh, well, you can go back to correlators, and I think there was something else. In, okay, see you at the poll. That's the 20, what? Oh, it doesn't matter. Hey, if, if you haven't picked up one of the booklets out in the lobby, uh, we encourage you to do so. They're great teaching materials. They're not real long, uh, but uh, at, at the same time, there's some very good stuff in there that will continue just to build your faith and give you some insight into things. I, I, I love teaching. I, I, love, I love teaching, period. And there's so much of, of who he is and what he's about and, and how he continues to prove himself over and over. How, how, how his, mm, there's just, there's, there's so much. How many know what I'm talking about? Kind of boggles your mind. But, you know, the sad thing is some people just kind of, uh, avoid learning who he is and what he's all about because it feels or seems like it can be so overwhelming. But I got news for you. It's not overwhelming. It's indwelling. And that's, that's the key thing. You know, when you, how, how many have been married here uh, or, or maybe are married even? You know, when you meet your spouse, you want to get to know them more, right? You want to know more about them. You want to know what they like, what they don't like. You want to know what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy. And, and, and why would that be any different with God? And that's the key point as far as relationships concerned. So, you know, for me, it's, it's just... Mm. Who has it... Mm, I'm going to ask a question. It's probably going to get me in trouble. But anybody here ever have just that, that roadblock as far as learning when it comes to learning of God? Okay. Well, what's the biggest obstacle you face? You think? Yeah. But you're all alone on that. None of us have that problem here, right? 
I'm drifting off into thoughts all the time. It just, you know, hey, uh, the key thing that you don't do is beat yourself up over it because that's not the way God works. And the enemy is going to put a weapon of fear and a weapon of guilt. Boy, I'm, I mean, that, that's going to take me off subject here if I'm not careful, but he'll throw those weapons on you all the time so that you feel incapacitated and unworthy and, and so forth and so on and messing up in the prayers. And if I'm not praying it right, then God's not going to answer my prayer and all these other things, which is nothing but a lie. You know, <laughs> God created the mind that you use. And our minds are not the best in the world, especially as we get a little bit older. And we wander. We, we don't even know why we go into a room sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what makes us think that when we're praying, we're not going to stop and say, what was I praying about? <laughs> but no, you know, focus is your heart who's towards him. Even when we have those times of mind drifts, you know, the key thing is we just pick up where we left off and keep going. No big deal. Amen? What's your problem? Not problem. It's your, your. Mm. Oh, yeah. Prayer is not a matter of words. Prayer is a state. It's an attitude. It's dialogue with God. I find myself just talking with him from time to time, place to place, no matter where I'm walking or what I'm doing. Do I have my set times that I, 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 I go before him to praise and worship him, to bring my family before him, to look for guidance absolutely but then there are other times during the day where i just i just i just pray as i'm walking thinking about and reminded about him telling him i love him and and uh, thank him for his love towards me but as far as blank those are special times <laughs> it turns out to be good huh that's good you know i for example, I sometimes I get just caught up in, in, in just standing there. Ain't nothing wrong with being blank. You don't have, you know, I'll, I'll, I've always said, and you've heard me say it, prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. Sometimes when those quiet times come, you just take the opportunity to listen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you run into those times like, okay, how do I praise him? How do I worship him? Where do I come up with the words? What's the right things to say? So forth and so on. So, you know, I praise you for your beauty, your creator, and this, that, and amazing. You know, and you can get all tongue-tied and, and just, well, am I really meaning it or am I just saying what I'm supposed to be saying or all these other things too? And I've always told people to pray their what? Pray their heart. Yes, sir. Less than. Yeah, 
your mom used to talk about that about you. <laughs> Listening, yeah. Um, how do we hear God's voice? How do we hear him speak? How do we hear him share with us? What's that? The word is a very heavy place, sure. It's the small voice. You can hear him in the sunset. I've I've had God speak, yeah, I've had God speak to me in, in a commercial. You ever have that happen? Where it's just like, you know, you, you see something, you laugh at it, and all of a sudden God says, yeah, but think about this. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I say it louder so I can hear in the back? <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A lot of times we run into roadblocks when it comes to, uh, you know, our heads getting in the way of our hearts. Learning is, is, is something that we do through experience more than anything else. We're given tools. That's what the Word of God's all about on top of that. We are given tools just like we have been when we come through school. You know, school equips you. But a lot of good it does because do you guys remember what you learned in school? Probably not. <laughs> about that much. But the main reason for that is it prepares you for next levels. And that goes through experience. And friend, ain't none of us here been without experience. But the question is, do we learn from our experience or do we just continue to repeat the same thing God wants to demonstrate God wants to show God wants to guide God wants to direct now look at your neighbor okay tell him I need you now look back at him and say and you need me oh man uh, <laughs> this is interesting Wow. Um, take a look at this verse of Scripture. That's, well, no, I'll tell you what. Yeah, uh, take a look at this Scripture. It's kind of weird. I want, I want to put something out to you. I want to do a little bit of teaching and kind of shift your thinking. Am I allowed to shift your thinking? Just to, It's not so much something that you're going to go, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I never knew that. Well, yes, you do, but we never really think about it. That's the point. It says this, Behold, I tell you, Misty, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. How many know that verse? You've heard that verse. It goes back to when the trumpet of God shall sound, the dead in Christ will be rise first. But <laughs> take a look at this next verse in Thessalonians. It says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who what? Sleep. It's an interesting word, sleep. I, I want to point something out and, and make this first point here tonight because I think it's important to remember this in foundation. And that is that, is that we, 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 we were not created for redemption. We were created for relationship. But because man fell, re 
redemption had to come into the picture. So, you know, and where we put the emphasis on so many times is the redemption. But the true emphasis that is in the heart of God is that in relation. Relationship. And, and I, I, I say this because if you go back to the beginning, you've got to remember that Eve was made out of Adam. Okay? Adam was put to what? Mm-hmm. And here's, here's the thing. And that is because, and, and I want to say this, whenever death is mentioned, sin is always in the background. 1 Corinthians tells us this, that the last sting of, of sin is death. And the strength, I'm sorry, the strength of sin is what? The law. <laughs> what was the purpose in giving the law in the first place? Exactly. They didn't know what sin was before the law comes in. The word's very clear on this. So what happens is that the law is presented, and all of a sudden we're reminded about what sin really is and, and, and our incapableness of it. Look, I'll say this again. Whenever death is mentioned, sin is there in the background. When you go back to Genesis 3, whenever death is mentioned, as far as that's concerned, sin, it comes from that basis where sin entered the, the world. It entered into the world, and, and death came in as a result of sin. Now, what is sin? We talked about this. Many times. It, it is a condition, but what, it's a con what is the condition? It, it's not only separation, it's independence of God as well. Absolutely right on the money. Because, uh, again, I'll, I'll just remind us that when we talk about sin, it's not an action. Those are the results. Those are the outcomes of the condition. Look, if you got chicken pox, how do we know you got chicken pox? Yeah, but those bumps aren't chicken pox. That's just the symptom of the disease. So I, I come back to this, and I, and I, and I got to remember that when sin entered into the world, death came as a result through sin. Adam's sleep preceded that. Okay? And, and in relation to sin and atonement, there's... There's always this, this lamb, this bullock that's slain. But, but here, Adam wasn't slain, okay? He, he's only put to sleep to awake again. Now, uh, I won't get into some things here, but let me just say this. We've got to understand, he prefigures a death that is not on account of sin, but that which is in view of increase in resurrection uh, we got to see that eve wasn't created as a separate creation you know parallel to adam she wasn't you know um woman hear me world kind of thing uh, okay get in trouble. But adam slept and eve was again created out of adam now i've said this before and it's something i totally believe uh you can argue with me all you want that's fine but I believe that Adam, God's creation, was both male and female. 
and that when God puts him to sleep, that which is taken out of Adam and created in who we know as Eve was what we would understand as that female side. So that even though they, in, 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 and remember here, you know, this is God's creation. But, and he, so what we, what he takes, here's the thing. He takes Eve, woman, creates, and so he no longer has that side of him. And so man has no clue about woman's side. And women have no clue about men's side. And I'm going to stop right there because I know very good well where that's going to go. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I say that, but Adam slept and Eve is created out of Adam. That is God's method of the church, friend. That's my whole point. God's method of the church. God's second man, Christ, has awakened from his sleep and his church is created in him, of him, and out of him to draw life from him and display the resurrection of life. That's the kicker. That's the key. So take a look at this verse. It's found in John chapter 12. It says, but Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So, so, so understand this. The, the outcome of the cross you, you know, shows a single person, a seed. A bride, a bride for the son. Christ loved the church and, and gave himself up for it. That's bottom line. But let's, let's take some more scripture here. I want to walk us through some things. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And then he goes on in that chapter to say this in verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, the, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. It's a tremendous verse. We could take a couple hours just on it. Predestined. That, that's a stumbling block for some believers because they think that, you know, what's the sense in even trying? God already knows what's going to happen. God already knows whether I'm going to say yes or no, whether I'm going to serve him or turn against him, whether I'm going to heaven or hell. So what's the sense even trying? I'm predestined like that. I mean, his word even says it. That's, yeah, oh boy. It always drives me crazy when people reach uh, an editorial and haven't really taken a look at things. The word predestined here that we're dealing with, for whom he foreknew, he predestined. Did God know you before you were born? Absolutely. So that means he foreknew you, so he had predestined you. What does that mean? Well, I've explained it this way many times. You've seen me explain it many times, but I'm going to explain it one more time here tonight, and that is if you take your arm and put it out and move it like this, your arm, your elbow is predestined to work this way. If it gets pushed back the other way, well, it not only hurts, it, it, it's not created, it's not predestined to work that way. 
and it becomes broken. So many, unfortunately, he has predestined us, predestined us to work a certain way, to live in relationship with him. But guess what? It's gotten broken. So it needs healed. Or the same word is saved. That's the reality of this as we walk together in this. So, so uh, justification is, is, is seen leading from glory to glory. So as we continue to work, as we continue to live, as we continue to walk in, in, in that reality of the predestination to be conformed to the image of his son. What's that image? Anybody? What, what's, what's the image of God? Well, I'm sorry, what's the image of his son? Not a picture. We're, we're dealing with an image. A reflection of the love of Father. When you see Jesus, you see the Father, and when you the reality of that is his, it is his love that is manifested to us. I'm not going to get too deep into this right now, but it says that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Uh, firstborn. Firstborn. That's who he is. Uh, I, I'm going to get off on, on something I, sh I shouldn't get off on here, but, you know, redemption is, is, is what takes place in Christ to bring us into relation. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's seen by the love of God. As a matter of fact, take a look at verse 35 in chapter 8 here. It says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is what you're going through going to separate you from the love of Christ? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I find he's closest at those times. But it says, Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? How about this? Yet in all these things... We are what? More than conquerors. I love this verse, especially when you get into the words of this. You are a, a ADH. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, to the conquering, you are more than. It is a hyper conqueror. And you just, you're, just, you're bouncing all over the walls through him who has loved us. Take it. You know, take, 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 look at these next two. And, oh, never mind. Forget it. We'll stop there. Go back. <laughs> but out of this, I want us to see something. This is the key thing that I'm wanting to get to tonight, and that is the, the term that we understand through Scripture as the body of Christ. If you get into Romans, Romans is an incredible study. It's the closest thing that Paul ever came to as far as writing a book. In chapter 5, if I was to summarize it, you're talking about it's, it, it refers to our sins and, and, uh, and, and are forgiven. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. What does forgiven mean? If we're talking about sin and its condition of forgiven, that's the healing is what's happened. We've been, what happens when you're forgiven? You'll remember as soon as I show you. You're released. When you're forgiven of sin, you're released. That condition you've been released of. 
And, 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 and when you've been released, where did, you get rele- where did that stuff get released to? The cross. God's taking care of it. That's the whole point. We've been released in that area. So verse or chapter 6 talks about the fact that then because we're released, we're dead. Look at your neighbor tell him, you dead. But you are. We're dead where? In Christ. We're dead in Christ. That, that's t- take, I mean, go back and take a look at 6, but the reality is we are not new unless we are in Christ. And we were crucified with Christ. We are dead in Christ. And then chapter 7 talks about we are by nature utterly helpless. So don't try and do this life. Let, let, my, my, my favorite thing in my life that stands out to me, that sticks out to me, that's changed my direction of, of how I, I live, period, is, is again when I, I came to the reality of, 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 of I can't do it. I can't live for Christ. I just, I can't do it. God told me that night, he said, good. Maybe you're getting it now. And the day when I stopped living for God and living for God and started living from him made all the difference in the world. When you start living from him rather than trying to live for him, you're doing it out of individualism, which is what we're talking about when it comes to the body of Christ. It stands against it. But chapter 7 talks about the fact that we are naturally and utterly helpless. Chapter 8 then says, therefore, as a result, we rely upon the indwelling of the Spirit. We rely on the indwelling of the Spirit where we're joined together. Look, as as a result of it, chapter 12 says that we are, are one. I mean, we're talking about the body in Christ. Take a look at what we just had up here. Verse 16 of chapter 6 says, Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness and sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Now, again, these are are verses of Scripture that could be used to teach for a while, but where I want to take you is a a little further than that. Take a look at verse 1 of chapter 12 then. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, immediately, when we look at that, we think of individualism, individualistic. But take a look at this thing, that you, uh-huh, well, that's singular, Pastor. Well, you can be plural. Did you realize that? That you present your body? It's plural. Bodies a living sacrifice, Holy Spirit of God, which is your, again, plural, reasonable service. Now, this is important, and, 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 and i got to say this, that you know, this goes beyond the individual. That's the whole point. The presenting is personal, but the sacrifice here is corporate. It, 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 it is one sacrifice. It's, it's through that 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 when you take a look at, at, at Paul's appeal, you know, uh, take, take a look at verse 5 here. Do I have that? I don't have that. Oh, I do. So being many are one body in Christ. Being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them 
If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Now, where I'm getting at with that is to say that the vessel through which the Lord can reveal himself is not so much the individual, but the body. God reveals himself through the body. When you're talking alone, alone in isolation, man can never fulfill God's purpose. How many of you know that the, the, God's purpose for us individually is, is relative, it's, it's personal, but God has a purpose for the body of Christ. God has a purpose for us as a whole. Now, let me go on. I'm, I'm getting to a point because the reality of this is it requires a body. We're talking about an interdependence. Individuals are not the body, right? They are its members. And, and in, in the human body, all the members don't have the same stuff. Uh, no amount of prayer is going to give sight to your ears. But the whole body can see through the eyes. And, and so I might have the gift of hearing, but I can see through others that have the gift of sight. You follow what I'm saying? So, so you know, uh, what I'm talking about is realizing here the fullness of, of God as a body, taking this to another level than just individually, me, 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 my, my you know, uh, hmm. because what it produces as a result as, as individual, you have a, a, a great big body of believers, but you, you, you have a body that doesn't care, a body that's not focused, a body that's not passionate, a body that's not reaching out, a body that's not, hmm. let, me, let me stress this. We, we, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot get, a, get along without one another. We need each other. I mean, it's a, it's a factor in, in the life of God's people. It's one of the reasons, do you know why we, you know, term, the term brother and sister in Christ, you're my brother, you're my sister. You know, why, how, where does that come from? You know, why would we call each other brother? Brother Lee, Sister Renee, Brother Jim. Why do we do that? I mean, and it was more popular years ago, I know. We don't really hear it as much, but it's still out there. Hey, Brother Joe. <laughs> How can you call him your brother? You're related by blood. It's the blood of, of, of the Son who brings us together so that we are the body together. Yeah, well, I'm getting off on tangents. It's, it's been a long, it's been a year and a half, folks. I'm kind of, you know, tied up here. Ah. But this is why the fellowship of prayer is so incredibly important. Prayer together brings in the help of the body. 
Now, now this is a tough thing, and I hope you get what I'm saying and don't get confused by what I'm saying. So please don't write me any emails tomorrow or drop by the office or anything else along that line. But trusting in the Lord may not be enough. Now all settled in, everybody ready for the next part then? Because sometimes I got to trust him with others. Sometimes it's not just me trusting God. Sometimes it's got to be us trusting God. If we're going to see a change in, 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 in culture, change in attitude, change in, in this, this land of ours, as, as the enemy runs rampant all over the place, and I'm not talking politics, I'm just talking lives, then, then it has to come to a point where it's not just me, you know, trusting the Lord, it's us. It brings us in as the same page. It brings us in as a body in that sense. The life of Christ is the life of the body. And, and his gifts are given to us for work that builds up his body. And, and, and his word does not say the church is like a body. He says the church is the body of Christ. Now, in Adam... You know, I have the life of Adam, that of an individual. That's where it went with Adam. That's what took place. That's the result of the fall. You see, there is, a, there is no union, there's no fellowship in sin, but only, only self-interest and, 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 and distrust of others. As, as, as I go on with the Lord, what I discover is not only sin and my natural strength has to be dealt with, but there is an additional problem created by my individual. Like the life that is sufficient in itself. I can do all things through me, period. Well, what happens is it does not recognize, that individual side does not recognize its need for a union in the body. So we just go on doing our own thing. I may have, you know, gotten over the problem of sin and the flesh, yet still be a confirmed individualist, <laughs> which is a dangerous place to be. I, I, I want holiness and victory and fruit for myself personally, yes. I want to be victorious that, that, but that attitude can it completely ignore the body and, 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 and can, at, you know, can really interfere. It can't provide, let's just put it that way, it can't provide God's satisfaction. There, the, the, it will never provide a peace. It'll continue to provide the torment. Th there's more to this. And, and so... What ends up is conflict continues to remain. You know, we, we go around comparing. We, we, we go around judging. We continue to walk with unforgiveness in our hearts. You know, understand something. God doesn't blame you for being an individual. What he blames us on, what he, what he gets right down to, is, is, is my individualism. And, and, and his problem is not Outward division, 
okay, like all the different things we see and different mindsets. His problem is with our individualistic hearts and what drives us, the condition. In Christ, I have died. In Christ, I have died to that old way of life of independence, which I inherited from Adam and living my way, doing my way, doing all this. We want people to rescue us so that I can continue to do my thing, my way. We are a member of his body doing, working, living together with glory. When I see this, there's, there's an end to independence. And, 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 and as a result, we begin to seek a fellowship instead. You know, and, and I'll be the first one to tell you that that fellowship provides what nothing else can. Have you ever noticed that when somebody walks away from, let's say, the fellowship of, of soup night? <laughs> That's coming up in October, by the way. Just thought I'd tell you that. But uh, whenever we walk away from a time of fellowship, a time of just coming together, time of being in church, time of lobby, have you ever noticed what the word calls that is exhorting one? Lifting up one another. The reality of that is we walk out stronger. We recognize the body. And, and different things doing different ways. Look, 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 look. Uh, let me say this. It doesn't matter who does the work. All that matters is that the body grows. T take a look at, at, at chapter 12 and verse 5 there again. So we being many are one body in Christ. We are one body in Christ. Being many are one body in Christ. Friend, the weapons of, the war, of, of, the, of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We're in a spiritual warfare. Remember what Paul said in Ephesians here? He said, in, he said finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Who's he talking to? Tim? Luke? He's talking to the brethren. Plurality. He's talking to the body of Christ. When you deal with sin and self-reliance and individualism, where Satan's, you know, the, his, <clears throat> I'm being careful because I'm wanting to deal with uh, weapons of the enemy this week as, as we get into some things, but the, the end result is his weapons here, his, these, these self ideas of self-reliance and individualism are Satan's master strokes at, at, the, at, the, at the heart of God's purpose for us. But in the cross, God has undone them. There's a coming together. You know, you know uh, do me a favor. Get, get, get out of uh, the PowerPoint there and go to Romans 8. I want to walk us through something here. Go, go to Romans 8.33. That takes her blood a split second because she's fast. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Verse 34. Just keep going there. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who, who was raised to life. It is at the right hand of God and is 
also interceding for us. Or in the NIV, that's right. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now, who, no, go back one more time. I'm sorry. Uh, back to 35. Uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, verse 36, if you would, Wendy. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered the sheep by the slaughter. Verse 37, I'll get into that. That's another. But no, he says, in all these things, in all these things. Go, go, go back to verse 35 one more time. He says, who shall separate us? Hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No. Go back to verse 30, uh, 37. In all these things, in all those things, in all those persecutions, in all those things, as the body of Christ, he tells us that we bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We bear them. We walk with them. We pray for them. We don't take responsibility for them. Uh, hello? You're not responsible for your neighbor's happiness. <laughs> Somebody just got set free. That's just <laughs> no. We're we're not responsible for how somebody feels, right? I mean, there's there's more to this than than anything else. And this is a blind side of individualism, individualistic. When the body of Christ operates, it operates because it carries, it bears as a unification. There's there's the same spirit. It's the same blood walking through us. We are his body. He is our life. He is the vine. We are the branches. And it comes down to, in all these things that would come against us, and they do come against us, in all these things, we are hyper-conquerors through him who has loved us. Loved us. Verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor your angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, verse 39, neither height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know why? It's not dependent on us. God doesn't love you because you've done everything right. Because you've said the right words. Because you've had the right attitudes. I used to feel guilty because as a kid, you know, I'm, I'm under conviction and I, I need to read the Word of God. So I'd read the Word of God at night before, you know, in bed and then I'd wake up in the morning, realize I fell asleep reading the Word of God, horrified, horrified that I didn't read what I was supposed to read. What is that? Where did that come from? What influenced, I mean, what influenced me for that? Well, because the majority of religion was based on bondage. It was based on things you could do, couldn't do, where you should go, where you shouldn't go, what you should have, shouldn't have. What you should say, not say. How you should do this, how you should do that. And you know, if you take a look at Scripture, you're going to find that Paul shoots that all down very nicely by just allowing us to realize, especially through Romans, that first of all, our relationship with him is not based on us, it's based on him. It's not what we have done or can do or should have done or how we proceed. I, I, I don't pray and I don't 
read my Bible in order to try and maintain my relationship with Christ. I can't do that. I read my Bible and pray because of the relationship I have with him. He's the only one that maintains it. I can't maintain that. He becomes to me what I need him to be, but at the same point in time, friend, God is wanting to elevate the body in one spirit, in one mind, so that what happens is it's not one person going out there. It's not one person doing It's all of us doing our own things that he's called us to do as a body that we become functional. It's kind of bad when part of the body doesn't function and it's being dragged along or, it's being, or it shuts down the things that do work. That's where I'm coming at. We have each and every one of us that which God has purposed in us to not only do, but to become. I look around this room and, and I look at individuals who have giftings and hearts and, and services and desires. You, you, you are not worthless. You, you, it, it's not, you, you have a, you, oh, I got 90 minutes worth of stuff I want to say, but I'm going to say it in two minutes because we need to bring this to a close. But God has a purpose, plan, future, and hope. And together, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. It's time for the enemy to be dealt with, not by individuals, us all doing our own singular thing, but as a body of Christ, being led by our head, who is Christ, guided directed, stand with me. Mm -hmm. uh, I apologize, I'm all pinned up inside. I want to be able to say a bunch of other stuff, but I'm going to hold back, you know why? You want to know why? I'll tell you why. I'm glad you asked the question. Because there's still more in store. You know? What I want you to understand tonight is you are a part of a much bigger picture than you think you are. When you walk out of here and you get in your car and drive off like you're some individual, you're more than an individual. You're part, not just of a family, but of a body. As we function together with him, look out, friend. Look out. You know, well, I'm doing stuff, but nobody's doing it with me. Well, you know what? That's because maybe they're, you know, they're an ear that's hearing while you're an eye that's seeing. But people are going to see, the rest of the body's going to see because of you. The rest of the body's going to hear because of them. The rest of the body is going to feel because of their touch. And the rest of the body is going to continue to go forward because of the feet. There's so much more in store. Father, continue to build within us, guide us, direct us. To as many as are led by the Spirit again, these are the sons of God. Lord, as you pull on our hearts the burden that you've placed on us, the call that you've called us to be, 
to reach out, to become, to be more than. Lord, this isn't about, you know, a, a, a tier of, of leaders where you got the pastor who does his job and should be provided. Lord, this is much more. This is, this is lives. This is eternity. This is something that goes far beyond just a, an understanding of, of, of me, myself, and I, but to a broad picture that I have yet to maybe not fully comprehend. So I pray, open the eyes of our understanding and speak into our hearts. Guide us into a revelation of who you are in the midst of all of this as you, the head, leads us, your body. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. God bless you guys. The altar's open. If you want to find a place of prayer, we want to encourage you. I want to thank you for coming tonight. It's so good to see you. It's been a year and a half since I saw you last. But God bless you. Encourage one another. Amen.